Welcome to Asian Glow Up. We're a podcast on connecting to our cultures, navigating our careers, and building community in our early 20s. We're your hosts. I'm Jojo. I'm Jackie. And I'm April. Today, we are talking about the magical, the wonderful, the beautiful vagina. So fun fact, all three of us are on our periods at the same time. Jackie started a week early. I started, I guess, like two days early, and April started a week, half a week late. And it's because we're all together in New York right now in Airbnb, and for some reason, our periods decided to sink. Has this happened to you guys before? If I'm hanging out with some of my girlfriends pretty often, we tend to sync up. Usually it takes a bit longer because we've only been together for <laughs> like two weeks <laughs> and it's already so in sync. I know, it's so weird. I blame you guys because I'm like way earlier than I should. <laughs> no, I mean, I thought I was going to period the day before we went to the beach, but because it felt like it was waiting to catch up with JoJo, I got it the day after we went to the beach. So it kind of worked out for me. I want to know the science behind this. It's like a real thing, right? Yeah. Is it like I'm sending my frequencies out to you guys? I think it's something something about our estrogen levels. Our auras. Or our auras. (laughs) All the above. So what is your relationship with your vagina like? I would say for me, I have a good relationship, I guess. I'm happy for you. (laughs) Thank you. you. I mean, I don't know what's a better answer to say for that, but I mean... I care a lot more just about cleanliness and health and all that. So I do try to make it more of an effort to make sure that everything down there is healthy and good to go, you know? (laughs) So have you gotten a pap smear before? I actually have not yet. You're supposed to get that when you're 21. But now that I have my own health insurance and all that, I am making more of an effort to get those routine checks because before, I think just going to the doctor has scared me. So I always strayed away from that. I mean, luckily to say I am healthy right now. So for those of you who don't know, a pap smear, also called a pap test, is a procedure to test for surgical cancer in women. And you're supposed to get that when you're 21. How often are you supposed to get it after that first one? Let me just make my doctor's appointment right now. I know, right? Open up ZocDoc. Yeah. Pull up your insurance. You should get a pap smear every three years. Every three years, mm-hmm. yeah. So I had my first pap smear when I was 21. It was at UCSD Health Center. I wasn't nervous going in. It was just kind of like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go because it sounds a little bit intimidating. I remember like looking it up before and just kind of reading up on what exactly happens during the test. And it's been a few years, so I don't actually remember much. But the one thing I do remember is that sound of the cranky noise oh of the doctor. Like, what are they even doing? I mean, I couldn't see them, but I, I was just laying there with my legs open. It feels kind of cold. It's and very cold. You just hear, like, a grinding noise. And I'm pretty sure it's from the clamps opening, basically. Yep. And then they go in with a con swab, take a little... They take a scrape of... That sounds very intense. <laughs> it doesn't hurt that much. They it's just, just like They just poke around a little bit and yeah. get a little sample. And then I was fine. Yeah. Nothing happened. Yeah. But yeah, I do recommend that people stay up to date. How old were you guys when you had your first period? How old are you in sixth grade? Pretty young. 10, 11. Yeah. So I remember the exact moment. Fun fact, I was in full orchestra for eight years from sixth grade to senior year of high school. And this was literally my first year in full orchestra. I was very excited. Maybe it was stress induced, but there were auditions going on. And I remember feeling kind of weird. And when I went to the bathroom, there was obviously something there. And that was when I got my first period. And I remember the moment because I thought to myself, oh no, this mean I'm going to get hips. What are all these other problems or issues that I'm going to have to face now. 
But it's weird because now I'm like, hips are great. I like having hips. Mm-hmm. But when you're 10, hips are kind of scary. Like, 10 is pretty young to get periods. Yeah. My mom had started early too. So it's oh, definitely really? a genetics thing. I started mine pretty late, like sophomore year of high school. That is pretty late. Yeah. I think I wasn't scared of it because even throughout middle school, I'm like, oh, whoa, everyone else is getting it. Where is mine? And then not until either freshman or sophomore year of high school. When it came, I noticed, and then I called my mom, and I'm like, oh, my period came, by the way. Oh, were you at school? <laughs> I was at school when I found out. For me, I was at home. I was freshman year in high school, and since I skipped a grade, I was also a year younger. I was at home. I remember the exact date. April 3rd, 2011 was when I got my period. Wow. wow. I was in the bathroom. My mom was on the phone with my best friend's mom. I don't know what they were talking about, but I was just like, mom, I got my period. And she <laughs> just kind of like laughed and got up and like got me a pad or something. Yeah. Did your mom tell you guys about periods and what to expect or did you learn from online and sex ed class and all that stuff? So for me, sex ed in middle school didn't really teach you much. Sixth grade is younger. So I feel like that wasn't even something that was mentioned yet. Yeah. So I honestly didn't know anything about it. The day I got it, my mom took me through everything. She got my dad to go get pads. He, he really Aww. wanted to. He was excited. He was like, oh, I'll get you your first pair of pads. Or not pair. <laughs> it's like shoes. <laughs> Yay. First pack of pads. So my dad ran That's off to cute. like Randall's. Randall's is a Texas grocery store, but he went somewhere like that to go get pads. That's cute. Yeah. So do you guys get any symptoms with periods? I notice when mine is coming is when I get really mood swing. I don't know if you noticed earlier today. So when you say mood swings, do you mean like you get mad? You just get really sad? Like, what do you mean? Or Uh, is it just like really erratic and like whatever you're (laughs) feeling is just like more heightened? Are you just psycho? (laughs) (laughs) I would, I get really, it's both. I don't know if you noticed earlier this morning too, I was getting really sad. I'm like trying to pinpoint. I'm like, why do I feel really sad? My eyes felt really watery and I felt the need to cry. And then not until I went to the bathroom and I was like, okay, this is probably why. This is mm-hmm. like my emotions are like heightened tenfold. Yeah. But yeah, I'll get super angry or I'll get super happy and super sad all in one day. And it's like all the emotions are thrown at me. But at least now I know it's a symptom of my period. So I kind of know how to navigate it. I honestly don't really get moody. Maybe my boyfriend has other thoughts <laughs> on that, but... I pretty much, I know it's coming because the week before, this might be TMI, but my boobs get way bigger. Really? Like, oh. Yeah, I can like fill out a top. Better, <laughs> You're like, you know? ooh, yeah, she coming. Like, I, yeah, like I know when she's coming, but also like I'll start to get a little crampy. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's the second I feel cramps, I know it's going to be in one week. Oh, you get cramps before your period comes. Yeah, I don't oh. really get them during. I get them before and they're very light. So mm-hmm. then that's when I know. It's going to start soon. Interesting. So my cramps aren't severe by any means, but the day after I get my period, I would feel kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I didn't really think they were cramps. I was kind of like, oh, like I'm on my period. So it feels a little bit mad today. But I'm, I think I'm starting to realize like those are the cramps. They're yeah. not that bad. So it doesn't feel like, oh, I need to stay home. Oh, I can't do anything. It's just like a little bit uncomfortable. For me, how I know my period is coming is I get really bloated. And mm. it's like, <laughs> we were eating dinner all day and I was like, touch my stomach. It's bloated. <laughs> That's how I know. Before, I never got cramps. But now, my cramps get so bad to the point where I'm curled up in a ball on my bed. I can't move for one or two days. Luckily, it only lasts for three to four days and it's mm. over. Have you guys ever had where your periods are very uneven? There are times where I've even skipped even one or two months and I was like, oh shit, this is, this is weird. (laughs) So 
I've never really had any issues with period skipping or anything like that. I feel like I've always been pretty regular, even when I was on my birth control, that was never an issue for me. But honestly, I kind of wish I just didn't have a period because like we have a friend that has an IUD and just hasn't had a period in like what, three years? Yeah. Kind of jealous, kind of really jealous. But... <laughs> Extremely jealous. <laughs> yeah. But it's fine. The reason I started birth control wasn't because I was having sex. I think it was sophomore year of high school my periods, I was having them for three weeks at a time, and then I'd have a a week off. So it was the exact inverse of what a standard period is. Mm -hmm. And I was having that very often. It was getting to be too much. So my mom took me to the OBGYN, and it did get regulated, but I ended up getting a lot of other weird side effects from birth control in general. So I had to stop. What were the side effects? My side effects were very weird. So not a lot of people know this about me, but I've had a few health issues in the past where it led me to have to get an ultrasound done. And while they were doing the ultrasound on my stomach, they were like, okay, let's just check out the rest of you. Mm -hmm. So they did an ultrasound and they checked my liver and they were like, this is very weird. You have a growth Mm -hmm. on your liver. And it turned out it was a side effect of the birth control because of the increased amount of estrogen in my body. There was an accumulation of white blood cells, like a mass of white blood cells on my liver. So they pretty much said, sorry, you can't take estrogen based birth control any longer Mm -hmm. so that's kind of where my relationship with pills at least stopped did you end up just stopping in general or did you look at other ones I actually just recently last year looked into progesterone only birth control because my OBGYN said you know it should be fine but I was getting weird side effects from that as well I was getting cysts on my stomach and they weren't huge or gross looking or anything but I could notice them and they were a little painful so I ended up having to go to the dermatologist and she had to inject me with steroids to get rid of them. So my relationship with birth control is very weird. It just sucks because with birth control, they say you have to take it for like three months to get a feel if this is the right one for you. But in those three months, you are going through hella mood swings, weight gain, all these symptoms. Mm -hmm. So it's a constant trial of error and it's so annoying to be honest. So how many types of birth control have you tried and have you found something that works for you? So I've only tried oral contraceptives. I've never tried an IUD. I've never tried the one that you insert in your arm just Mm -hmm. because I think if the pill can do weird things to me, then I can't even imagine what having hormones directly inserted into my cervix would do to me. Mm -hmm. I started my period very early. That led me to be more curious about, I guess, my own vagina at a younger age. So I remember the exact moment when I first looked at my vagina. I was looking at those little circular silver mirrors that you do your makeup in and I was like I can't really see so I propped my leg up I put that under and then I used a second mirror to kind of reflect to get all the angles and I was like okay but I did have a friend who a few years ago we were just randomly talking about vaginas because for some reason labia came up you know super (laughs) casual but she was saying how one of our friends has a really pretty vagina and how hers you can't see her labia at all and that's really pretty So from that moment, I was like, oh, so that is what constitutes a quote unquote pretty vagina. So I think about that a lot because I also (laughs) saw a documentary. Don't ask me where because I don't remember. I think it was in health class on women feeling the need to get their labia shortened and cut surgically like plastic surgery in order to look beautiful in certain countries for their husbands. Oh, I didn't know that. I honestly don't really remember when I first looked at my vagina. I'm sure I have sometime probably in high school but 
I think for me at least, I think my relationship with my vagina didn't really start with my period as much as when I started having sex. Because mm-hmm. then it's like not only are you looking at your vagina, but <laughs> someone else is. Yeah. You know, and that's a whole different ballgame and a whole different kind of thing that you need to think about when it comes to your vagina. So speaking of hygiene, how do you guys clean your vagina? I buy a lot of the natural products because they say that you shouldn't try not to use your regular body wash because it does have chemicals and fragrances. So I do buy additional ones that are all natural and try to clean every day. Also, when you're cleaning your vagina, you're not cleaning in your vagina. You shouldn't do that. It's just that general outside Outside area. area. I remember talking to a friend about this in high school. We were kind of, I don't know how we got to this conversation. There was a lot of vagina talk. And you were yeah, in middle high school. I don't know. I grew up in Katy, Texas. Maybe we <laughs> maybe we grow up a different way. But I was talking to a friend in high school, and we, at the time, were best, best friends. We talked about everything. And we kind of got in the conversation of how do you clean yours. And I never really knew. Like, no one really teaches you how to clean it. But you really got to sometimes get in there and, you know. Wash it. Wash it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also because I go for ones that are for sensitive vaginas because I felt, I guess for my body, it is a little more sensitive in that area. I agree, Jackie, about investing in really good products for your vagina if you can, if you have the means to, just because I am prone to UTIs, especially when I first started having sex because I wasn't knowledgeable on how to keep up with your vagina and how to make sure everything is completely sanitary down there. So 100% if you can, try to get the best products. I think number one rule, don't get that floral scented shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not going to help you. And that also thing. your vagina doesn't need to smell like flowers. No. Because yeah. that's a crazy expectation yeah. for anyone. Yeah. Like fuck societal norms. Your <laughs> vagina is going to... S- like smell how it's supposed to. It's supposed to smell yeah. like a vagina. Exactly. <laughs> a clean vagina. Exactly. Vagina will do a lot of the cleaning for itself. Mm-hmm. So I think the main thing with getting those extra quote unquote products would be to help maintain and support that, not completely take over. Exactly. Meet her in the middle. Yeah, meet her in the middle. <laughs> you you definitely need to look out for something that is pH balanced because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people forget that your vagina has a pH scale. Yeah. And a woman's vaginal pH is acidic between 3.8 to 4.5 on the pH scale, according to Google. So never use soap down there. And the pH of soap is at least eight or more. So that's how you know that it's too much for your area. Try to avoid a wash that contains glycerin because glycerin is added to vaginal washes to act as a moisturizing agent. But again, you don't need that. Just keep your vagina as natural as you can. And it'll produce its own lube, essentially. Exactly. Because that could just lead to yeast infections or something not so fun. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a yeast infection and a UTI? So I'm not an OBGYN, so I'm just going to speak from my own personal experience. A UTI, it's caused by any irritation of urethra, and anyone with a vagina has a shorter urethra than a man. So a man's could be like eight times longer than a woman's. Mm -hmm. So that's why women are more prone to UTIs. So it's important to pee after sex. It's important to, I honestly shower anytime I feel irritated down there or anything's going on. Mm -hmm. But the main difference is that a UTI is an infection and it's caused by bacteria. So you can tend to have to pee very often or it'll burn when you pee. Some people even bleed when they pee and you need to get antibiotics. Yeast infection, you also need to get antibiotics, but it causes really funky discharge. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same for everyone, but I've heard of people who get really discolored discharge and it's it's just not fun. So mm-hmm. 
Vaginas are very complicated. It's important to try to educate yourself. Very complicated. It's so hard to keep her happy. <laughs> it is. It is. Speaking on trying to keep your vagina happy, when is the first time that you guys kind of tried to explore down there, whether it was on purpose or maybe it was a complete accident? So I don't have a specific age, but I do remember high school just kind of thinking, this was before I had sex. I remember just thinking, well, why not? Let's just see what's <laughs> going to happen. And I think I didn't understand how a vagina gets happy. It wasn't a, a good experience. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, like, this is it. Did anything yeah. even happen? No. Okay. I was just kind of like, hmm. Interesting. Did you understand what a clitoris does? No, 100%. So you weren't touching that 100% part. did not know. Okay. And I was just kind of up there like, I'm confused. <laughs> like, yeah. what is supposed to happen? I think the first few times I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I was like, I think I'm doing this wrong. Like, like do I need to search this up? Because nothing is yeah, happening. Yeah, and also this was like before porn and like whatever else. There's just no simulation. It was just kind of like, it was just a personal curiosity that I wanted to kind of test. Like, out by mm-hmm. myself, whatever, right? But it was not not a good time. What about you, Jojo? For me, I was at a sleepover in seventh grade. Your middle school <laughs> was wild. Yeah, then. apparently. I thought this was normal, but no. I guess not. <laughs> so I was at a sleepover in seventh grade with two of my best friends. And one of them was like, do you guys want to try humping a pillow? And I was like, wait, what? So she gets on top of this pillow and starts humping it. She's like, this is how you have sex. And I didn't partake in this at all. But that was the first time I was exposed to the fact that that feels good for some people. And I kind of masturbated for the first time on accident. I remember, I think it was in middle school at some point, I was just taking a shower and I was like, oh, it kind of feels good for the shower water to be hitting me a certain way. So then I think I gradually started realizing, oh, it feels good when that hits a certain area. So I think I kind of just discovered it by accident and I didn't I didn't know that I was masturbating. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that just feels nice when I shower. I feel like not until I started to read up about it, like what a clit is and <laughs> it's clit. <laughs> yeah. Or like reading up on how to do it that I'm like, oh, okay, this is what it means to make my vagina happy. Love that for you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and I think masturbating was also just such a taboo topic. I mean, JoJo, it seems like your friends were open about experimenting with it and talking about it with each other. But for me, at least growing up, it was kind of a topic that no one really talked about. Mm -hmm. Me too. It wasn't exactly shameful. That's not exactly the word that I would use to describe how I felt about it. It was just mostly not even taboo. It was just so... It just wasn't talked about. It just wasn't talked about. So I never thought about it. It was never something that I cared for or really was interested in. Do you think it's because your friends at the time were all Asian American? Because I'm realizing for me, those friends who I was exposed to sexual stuff at such a younger age, they were all white. Do you think maybe their parents talked to them about it and then maybe that's why they were maybe more exposed? I think that that could be it because I do know Asian American families aren't as open about things like that. Like I never got a sex talk. I still haven't got a sex talk. Same. (laughs) Yeah. So it's never going to happen and it's fine. But I know a lot of my white friends definitely got that talk. In middle school? I don't know when, but I know that a lot of them got right. the talk at some point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that might be it. It was just never really something that my friends and I talked about. 
Yeah. Like, not even to my parents, but not even to my friends. Like, I remember even back in the day where there was, like, Yahoo Answers and you have, like, I'm, like, <laughs> yes. researching stuff. I think it's funny now because you see those memes and there's, like, Yahoo Answers and I'm, like, I ate a cherry and now I'm pregnant. What is going on? <laughs> have you seen that? I mean, that? Recently, it was, like, preg- pregnant. Pregnant. Yeah, I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> Am I pregnant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think us talking about masturbation now as adults is interesting because... It is more of a taboo subject, especially for women, especially for Asian American women. It's just not something that we see that often. So this has been really interesting. I'm really enjoying this conversation. I honestly didn't tell the truth about making myself happy down there for the longest time. Like I think up until even like last year, I was not comfortable being honest about do I do it? How mm-hmm. often do I do it? Mm-hmm. Even with my closest friends, they'd ask me and I'd kind of deny it. I mean, you know, you just have open talks with your yeah, friends yeah. sometimes yeah. and I would just lie and say like, no, I never do that. Yeah. I think even now, I think because we've grown up with it where it's not talked about. So when people and our friends ask us, I'm like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about, yeah. even though obviously we're a lot older and we've probably all done research and it's just such a normal thing. And you just kind of have to realize it's a normal thing that people do and you don't have to be shy about it because I know I was extremely shy until just recently. I don't know if this is an Asian American thing, but my mom only pushed me to pads and I only use tampons when I go in the water or I'm going out. But I feel like I tend to use pads only because growing up, my mom never even gave me the option about tampons. And when I did learn about it, it just felt so daunting. If anyone knows Whaley online, I watched thinking about her too. (laughs) I watched the Whaley video on how to use a tampon the first time. And I remember just doing it. I was just like, is it supposed to feel like this? Like, thank God for Whaley going very in-depth. This was like a video way back. I wonder how many girls she's affected. And it's so funny that she's associated with tampons. She has helped me. So I I don't think I've watched the video, but I been not even that big of a follower but a, a big enough follower to know that i would always <laughs> see in the comments like i've been here since a tampon video like we love you blah 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 yeah. so i think mean, that's really funny that you brought that up and now that i do have more research into tampons and even the menstrual cup and all the other stuff out there i'm like ooh, i want to try that because pads itself and just all of this in general is so annoying i just want something that is super easy but the damn vagina is releasing all of this that I have to take care of. So, yeah. Yeah, I've had a similar experience in which my mom also only had pads in the household. She not only didn't have tampons available, it was straight up tampons are bad because you're inserting it inside you if you don't change it often enough, like bad things can happen. So for a long time, I was actually really scared of using tampons. I've actually only ever used tampon once in my entire life and it was at a formals and I really wanted to go in the hot tub and I was on a period and I was like, I'm going to suck it up and use this tampon and it was fine. I really don't know why I was so scared of it, but ever since then, I never really needed to use it again and personally, I feel more comfortable with pads, but actually, I don't know if this counts as being pad ashamed, but I remember one time I started dating this guy and he was just kind of like, oh, like you use pads? And I was like, yeah, why? And... I mean, I'm pretty sure like the previous partners he's been with all use tampons and he was just kind of like, oh, well, they said that it feels like a diaper when you're wearing pads. And I remember just thinking kind of like, oh, okay, like that. And what? Yeah, like, you're not (laughs) hitting. Yeah. It must be an Asian American thing because my mom also told me tampons are very bad for you. Mm -hmm. She never tried one her whole life. She never had them in the house. So I started off with pads. Now that I'm an adult, 
throughout college, I actually shifted to tampons because my friend introduced me to them. And I have a very heavy flow to the point where sometimes if I'm going to be out for a long time, like I remember specifically for music festivals, when you don't have access to a bathroom Mm -hmm. for like hours at a time, sometimes I would have to double up and wear a tampon and a pad just to make sure I'm not leaking everywhere. But now I have kind of figured it out. I sometimes wear Thinks, which is a period underwear, and that helps with leakage. So usually I'm okay now, but I found I do prefer pads just because it's not comfortable to have something stuck up inside of you for the whole day. So have you guys ever thought about trying the menstrual cup or the diva cup? I've been researching. I just need to bite the bullet and try it, but there's something really intimidating about it to me. I agree. I know that it's so much better for the environment because think about all the plastic and waste that comes from pads and tampons. And we're going to have periods for basically the rest of our lives. Like how many pads and tampons do you go through each month or each cycle? Yeah. So if you add that all up, that's crazy. And then you multiply that by how many women? So I feel like the menstrual club is the way to go. It's just, it just freaks me out. So I actually bought one when I was in California last year because I was on my period and it was Coachella and I knew I was not going to have access to a bathroom for maybe like five hours at a time. So Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe I'll try this, but I bought it and everything. And then I got too scared to use it just Mm -hmm. because like, it is intimidating. You can literally, you could accidentally spill it out or I didn't really understand how you're supposed to clean it. Mm -hmm. So I really shied away from it. I have friends who they swear by it. Yeah, they love it. So maybe we should ask them. Everything that I've seen with people who have had experience with it, it's all been very positive. They're yes. like, wow, my life has changed. I don't understand how more people are on this. So Jojo, you got to find that <laughs> cup somewhere and start using it maybe. It's actually somewhere in a storage unit oh, so, oh no. in the city. <laughs> when was the first time that you shaved or waxed or whatever, just removed hair down there? And have you ever felt pressured to? Whether it was through the world's beauty standards around us, a partner or... Everything for me, I guess, started in middle school. It was seventh grade. I was at a friend's swimming party, and it was with a lot of boys in our grade. And I remember walking into her room, and a bunch of them were in the closet doing something. And I go up to them, and they're like, hey, do you want next? And I'm like, what "What are you talking about? And she's like, we're all shaving. (gasps) Together? In the closet. Like, there was no water involved. There was no shaving cream involved. It was one razor. They were all like, we're we're all doing this because we're about to go swimming. How many total people? It was a big party. It was maybe 30 people, like half That's girls, a lot. half boys. Whoa. Yeah. I never really felt the need to, but I did think I had a lot of hair. So I didn't partake in the shaving, <laughs> but that was my first time thinking even like, thinking that I have to oh, shave. like, do I need to do this? Yeah. I think for me, I personally don't like facial hair, even on other people and myself as well. I think when I started shaving, it was just too much of a hassle. There's the problem with like ingrown hairs and not shaving precisely. And obviously you're a lot more sensitive down there. Also waxing kind of scared me from watching all the videos of people like they can barely walk after waxing. <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit, you know, I don't want to go. They like, can make it look scary. Yeah. Like yeah. TV shows and stuff too. Yeah. Like I have a high pain tolerance, but I don't know if I'm able to like withstand it. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll go a little one down, go sugaring. I did sugaring one time. I thought it was fine, but then my friend Naga, she recommended to do lasering. And after I saw that, I was like, oh my God, she had a great experience with it. So I actually got it on Groupon from her too. Went to the same one and it has been amazing. I went through six sessions. The hair has been so thin, like basically it's 
completely clean. And then after that, I've been doing lasering since on all of just like underarms and bikini area and all that stuff. So you've only done sugaring once and then you just went straight full on to lasering. Yes, because the amount of money I would spend on sugaring waxing would have been the same as mm-hmm. I do my successions on lasering. And it is a little more expensive front up, but I felt like it's so much worth it in the end. And because the hair grows back so, so slow now, it's super thin and I highly recommend it. I also got April to go on it, but I would also recommend doing your research on which laser for which kind of hair you have, as well as what is your pain tolerance. Because the one that April and I signed up for hurts a lot more than <laughs> the one I did back in OC. I remember you telling me that the one you had was an actual laser versus the one that we both went to in New York. The technician didn't lift the device off your skin. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how it just kind of like... It like She just kept sliding it back and forth, basically. And it would just continue to gain in intensity. Mm-hmm. And it hurt like a bitch. That like was how bad? One to ten. Ten being... I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Childbirth. Sure. No, it was just interesting because the second she lifted the device off her skin, you're fine. You don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. She kind of described it as a snapping feeling, but to me it felt like a burning feeling almost. It felt more burning, but the laser I did back in OC, it felt as if you had a rubber band and you snap it at your wrist. Mm. But the laser with that also blew cold air right after. I remember literally <laughs> laying there. I count the ABCs. Or count the ABCs. <laughs> I'd sing the ABCs one or two times and I was done. Yeah. Wow. And same with the underarms. And then when I did my other few sessions in New York, I'm like, bro, this shit hurts. <laughs> like, like, please end this. Yeah. And the funny thing is, or it's not funny at all, actually. It's really quick. You're mm-hmm. not in there for that long. You it's go quick. in, you strip, you put on the <laughs> goggles, you lay down butt naked on that little paper, yeah. whatever. And she just gets started. And you're probably out in 10 minutes or less and I personally did bikini Brazilian and my underarms so that's including both and that was under 10 minutes so it was really quick it's just when you're in that when you're laying there so vulnerable with <laughs> everything open to the world you're yeah. listening to like probably trashy like pop music because that's just what they play at <laughs> yeah. these places and you're just like please lord help me <laughs> end this and it's not fun but I don't regret it. I've only done two sessions, but then COVID happened and things were closed and I haven't gone back. But from those two sessions, I think that there has already been improvement. So despite the pain, I also recommend it. I like will finish all my sessions for sure. I think I'm going to start looking into that as well because pre-COVID, I wanted to try out waxing because my roommates last year were raving about it and how they go once every five weeks and they didn't say it hurt. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm down. I book my appointment at European Wax Center and I'm super excited. I get in there and it's this really intense woman, which is fine. But she's like, yeah, take everything off. I'm like, okay, great. I strip. I get on the bed and she straight up goes, all right, tuck your legs in. We're getting started. So I'm literally there (laughs) cradled like a baby. And this woman has complete control and she starts putting the hot wax on. I'm like, okay, this isn't too bad. And the first pull... Oh my god, that was like, if 10 is a childbirth, and I can't even imagine. Was it that bad? It was that bad? Yeah, for me, it was pretty bad. Maybe she just didn't do a good job. You also probably didn't take any, I know some people will take like Advil or No, my, I remember this so well, my coworker at the time, she was like, oh girl, you're in your first wax, take three Advil. And she she gave me some at my desk, and I I thought it was good to go, but. So you did take it. 
I took it and it still hurt like a bitch. Oh my God. And I started bleeding from my pores. So maybe this was just a bad experience. When I've tried waxing also at European Wax Center, I didn't really have any issues. I remember my roommate also telling me from when I went, before I go get my waxes, I t always take a shot. So that scared me. I was yeah. like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this is going to be super crazy and painful. But to me, it was fine. So maybe I went in thinking this is going to hurt so bad. Yeah. So it didn't hit my expectations. But for you, you went in thinking this would be fine. Yeah, and because maybe. of that, that made it hurt more. I don't know. When I first had my sugaring experience too, I was nervous that like, oh my God, someone's going like, to walk in in the middle of your... Yeah, like someone's <laughs> going to walk in and like the lady's going to see everything. And then I had to remind myself, I'm like, she she does this for a living. She sees many vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Yeah. After the first one, I was like, okay, this was easy. I'm on to the next. But like literally, leading up to this I was like how do I prepare myself for this <laughs> and also it's because like Jojo you don't know the pain have you guys ever had that awkward moment where you're like laying down at the waxing place and they're like oh turn around <laughs> you mean so they can get yeah. everything no mine told me to tuck my legs and she just did it while I was in the Wait, so have you only watched that one time? Yeah. And you were scarred, so you didn't go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, never going back. And highly recommend ask your friends because technician lady matters just for her to make you comfortable at first. My sugaring lady, I felt like I was telling her my life story while she was sugaring me. I could do not. So I, it just makes you more comfortable and makes you ready. And I got that recommendation from my friends. So I'm glad that I asked them as well. So I had previously said the reason I tried waxing was because I wanted to look nice for my boyfriend. Not because he, he needs it from me or requires it from me, but just because I also just wanted it for myself to try it and mm -hmm. feel and look good. Mm -hmm. What made you to decide to go into lasering? So when I was younger, pubic hair never really bothered me. I think body hair in general just didn't really bother me. Like armpits, legs, I was just never a really big shaver. Also, I think because just not that much hair grows. Mm -hmm. So I was, I kind of had the mentality of like, well, this is my natural hair. Why do I need to deal with it for someone else? I've had a partner who said, maybe you can try like shaving everything and like, let's just see how that goes. And he didn't mean it in like a bad way. He wasn't like, oh, you need to do this or else or anything like that. It was just kind of like, oh, let's just try it. And in my head, I was like, why would you say that? This is my body. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And how dare you? And I was very like, no, very against that. I don't like it, whatever. And then... It was fine. Nothing ever really happened. I probably did shave once or twice, but it was never like a big thing for me. I was like fine just letting it be natural and trimming it and whatever, but it didn't need to be completely bare for me to feel comfortable. And then as I got older, I had later partners who were just kind of like, oh, like it doesn't matter, whatever. And I think that made me think, hmm, you know what? Actually, do I want to try like waxing and do I want to try? So it's more for you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like an all bare look. And I remember buying Groupon for wax when I was back in school in San Diego and I never used it because it just like made me nervous. So the first time I got wax was actually when I was in New York already at the European Wax Center. And now it's definitely for me, I realized like, like, you know what? I actually do like that more bare look, not completely bare. I still don't think that's the look for me, but a little bit just more like tidy. More, yeah, tidy. <laughs> a little more tidy. And I think it's also, to me, it feels a little more hygienic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just also want to say that no one should have to feel pressured to shaving, whether it's with pubic hair, their armpits or facial hair. I think it's very natural and 
there's a reason why we have this hair. It's to protect us from irritants and other things in our environment. So if shaving or laser is not for you, that's totally fine. I don't want to make it seem like we're all promoting laser and shaving because we're not. Personal we're, preference. We're promoting you being who you want to be. Exactly. And looking how you want to. So Exactly. For yourself, not exactly. for others. You do you. <laughs> it took me years to kind of really accept becoming a woman and loving my body for what it looks like now. Having a growth on my liver was extremely terrifying at the time, but now I'm fine. And as long as I don't take estrogen-based hormones anymore, then I'll be okay. But for a lot of women, that is not the case. And I feel like there's not a lot of visibility around certain issues that come with having a uterus or a vagina. Yeah, I think it's definitely something that people can talk more about. It just feels so hush-hush. But it's more common than you would think. Just because we don't hear about it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Also, when I was growing up, my periods would come once every couple months. And try to find out what is the normal for you. And if it's not normal, go to the doctor and go check it out. Because we want to make sure that you are healthy. Because I know even for me, when I was skipping, I thought this was the norm. And until I went to the doctor, it's nice to get that clarity. Yeah, women's health, it's a whole topic of its own. So it's important to make sure you're getting these checkups. Yeah, and something that comes to mind to me is also endometriosis. It's such a common disease. It's estimated that between 10 to 20% of American women of childbearing age have endometriosis, which is a lot of people, 10 to 20%. And it's not something that a lot of people hear about. It's not something that is commonly shared. I feel like a lot of people maybe feel shame around it and don't want to discuss things that are more taboo, like a vagina, like a uterus. And as women, we should be able to help others discuss these kinds of things. And I think this is the reason why we are even having this episode, to make it more of a topic that is known, that is talked about, and and just to educate other people as well. Educating ourselves along the way. Definitely. And it's interesting to hear everyone else's story. Now we're going to transition over to our segment called Takeout Time, where we ask each other rapid-fire questions. And my first question would be, if your vagina could say something to you right now, what would it say? Right now? <laughs> At this current moment, I would say, I would say, good job, because I feel like, until, oh, just, yeah, like just, just recently, I feel like I'm putting a lot more effort into healthiness and cleanliness and hygiene and everything and I'm taking good care of her so good for you I hope she says good job baby. <laughs> <laughs> mine would probably say give me some Advil because you know we're all on our flow right now as we mentioned earlier and she could use some relief <laughs> what would you say to your vagina I would say like girl tell me when my period's gonna come <laughs> You know? That's a good one. That's a good one. I would tell mine, you're fine the way you are. Sorry that in middle school you didn't think you were pretty because some girl said your friends was pretty and that was the definition of society <laughs> standards. Thanks for tuning in on this episode of Asian Glow Podcast. If you made it this far, we thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Don't forget to follow us at Asian Glow Pod on Instagram. We'll see you soon. Peace out.